start date 101420021. Welcome to Star Trek Discovery Pod, a kind of smart, kind of funny podcast about new Trek and beyond. I am your host for the evening, Mariah Gossett, and with me on screen, Clyde Haynes. Woo! Twofer, apparently. Tonight, some of our other folks are having technical difficulties this evening, so you're going to have to just deal with the two of us. Yep. So West Coasties are on it LA in the house. <laughs> so we can uh, talk trash about Austin and the yep. other two folks. Just kidding. We'll, we wouldn't do We'll call that. this we a still... dinner time pod. Dinner right? pod for us. Yes. Yes. East Coast, good night. But we're having <laughs> dinner. It's dinner time, West Coast. Anyway. Um, yeah. Tonight we are talking about the finale of Lower Decks Season 2. What a wild ride. I feel like they're fitting more and more story into every single episode oh, of, of this series. Um, what a cliffhanger. We're going to get into all of the details. But first, if you would like to know how to support this podcast, there's a couple of ways to do that. One, you can check out our, uh, let's see, I have control of so many things tonight and I don't know how to use them all. Ooh, that place, patreon.com slash Star Trek pod is one way you can support this little little group of ours two dollars per episode you get access to our amazing slack channel watch longs are going on over there you can talk about all your theories about what this uh cliffhanger means when are we going to get to season three and also we have uh lots to talk about with the new discovery trailer that dropped at new york comic-con uh and all that is happening over in the slack so you should check out our patreon clyde how else can people support this little little pot of ours well, there are lots of things you can do. Um, you can check us out at StarTrekPod.co. Um, you can hit us up on Insta or Twitter at StarTrekPod. Um, and if you are watching us live and you want to participate, you want to hang out, you want to join the discussion, type capital P, capital O, capital D, capital Pod in the chat, and we will see your question. If you have a hot freak, Type in capital HF. We'll take a look at that when we talk yes. about our, our hot freaks. We got to get into it. I feel like we should just jump in because I just sure. want to talk about this. So we will dig into not hot takes because this is a Star Trek podcast after all, but some hot freaks. Hot freaks! <laughs> Gotta love the deep V. The deep V. The deepest of Vs. Okay, Clyde, what did you think of this episode? I loved it. Um, it. It's one of those things that for me that I loved it and I, I had to watch it twice to figure out, did I love it because it was a great episode or did I love it because I felt like I got the inside jokes, right? And we, you know, you talk about the Patreon. What we did a while back was we did, we looked at the Q episodes mm -hmm. um, for... Um, a kind of across Star Trek as we were getting ready for Picard. And we watched an episode with uh, a young ensign straight out of the Academy named Sonia Gomez, mm -hmm. who was, uh, you know, who uh, we had a long conversation, I think on the pod and in the, in the Slack about whether or not 
Jordy should have dated Sonia Gomez. And we talked about whether or not they could have done more with that character. And we were really excited to see like, oh, what's going to happen? And I think she had like three episodes. And all of a sudden on Lower Decks, she pops up as Captain Sonia Gomez. And I went back and was like, is that is that who I think it is? And so that was amazing that we had that person. And there were all these little moments. So when the when her ensign tripped, she was able to say, I've done much worse to much more intimidating captains. Um, and so I love that piece of it. So it just felt like, wow, I got the inside joke. Um, there were dolphins. There were a lot of little things that, that to me spoke like, wow, we've come full circle. Oh, and it turns out that Sonia Gomez on an episode of TNG saved Jordy from, wait for it, the Packlids. And so this all starts to make sense. I just kind of love the, the thoughtfulness of the universe, right? Not to mention the dynamic between Freeman and Mariner and and really kind of that whole mother-daughter story coming um, to, to a, a kind of this crescendo of respect. And then you we see more of Rutherford and his, I mean, do you call it love of Tindy? I mean, when you are willing to hurt yourself because you want to hold on to the memories of someone, that seems a little bit more than friendship to me. So there were all these really interesting moments. Um, I thought this was a great episode and kudos to the Cerritos. Um, and all that to say, I hated the ending. <laughs> Because it didn't um, give you one. <laughs> right, basically. I mean, it's one of those things where in this world, this this Star Trek world, you're telling me, um, it's not just like, okay, we'll come back to you, right? Like, take the Netflix model, for instance, right? So Netflix doesn't really have like seasons they've got this like part one and part two and often you'll get part one in like january and then they'll come back and you'll get like part two later the same year if that's what we're talking about see i'd sign up for that but here we're done with lower decks that means we now have to go through um what prodigy discovery i think we're gonna hit picard we've got a uh a strange new world. It's, by the time we get back, I'm going to forget what the cliffhanger was. So mm, I wasn't happy yeah. about that. But that's my hot fright. I did love the episode, minus the ending. I agree. I mean, I kind of loved that we got a cliffhanger ending. It reminds me of like Voyager TNG days, but you know, we probably didn't have to wait quite as long for those episodes to come back around. Um, but I. Yeah, I love this episode. There's so many great. I mean, we finally see cetacean ops. I can't say it. Cetacean ops. The dolphins. We see the yes. dolphins, mm -hmm. um, which is very funny to me. I love that we finally get um, a return of Sonia Gomez and um, Lisa, uh, Lisa Naff actually voices the character too, which mm -hmm. I always love when folks get to come back and do things like that. Um, we got to see Boimler being a true hero. I feel like he's had quite the journey this season. And yeah, I felt like that moment between Tendi and Rutherford when they both say, but I love the Cerritos is really them saying, but I love you. Mm -hmm. um, and now we also have this big question mark about Rutherford's um, eye implant as mm -hmm. well. 
which is just setting. I, I feel like we're set up for such an exciting season three. Um, and I cannot wait until we get to, to find out what happens. Um, yeah, overall, I thought this, this episode was really, really well executed. There's so many like layers of jokes. Um, if you watch the uh, ready room, if any of y'all notice that there's a joke in season one where even ransom talks about the joys of holding a, a throbbing joystick in your hand uh, when piloting a ship. And we get to actually see him manually pilot a ship this episode. <laughs> um, they talked about that super great way <laughs> to describe it. Uh, and I think I'm really interested to see what happens with captain Freeman, who by the end of it, we, we thought all along was going to want to take this uh, promotion before she's arrested, thinks she's going to get the promotion and turns it down. So um, quite the emotional roller coaster. I'm always just so impressed. Um, yeah. With how much story they fit into like 24 minutes of television. I mean, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. That was a lot to fit in. Like, I feel like I saw a lot in 24 minutes um, and your, your point about, the Rutherford, what does that mean? And and setting up for the next season. Um, I couldn't agree more. Like, I mean, it, it definitely feels like this was almost a setup season, right? Like we had right. some bits and pieces, but I, I still have more questions than I do um, answers, right? Yeah. Like we, it's almost like, what was the point of the packlets, right? Like I, I really was expecting this big crescendo to come to a head with that and we didn't get it. Yeah. I mean, I did like the parallels to last season where, you know, la the finale last year, we saw um, the Titans swoop in to save the Cerritos, but this time we got to see the Cerritos um, save uh, Captain um, Sonia's ship. And I thought it was nice to see those parallels. They, they definitely fit in everything. Like, okay, this is a finale. What do we need in a finale? We need a bunch of like really intense emotional arcs. We need a battle scene. I mean, they even go so far as to like strip the ship, uh, like literally an all hands on deck moment, like the most on deck moment I think we've ever seen. <laughs> that was incredibly cool, right? To see everybody coming together. Um, and, and I also love that it was really the lower decks crew that brought that solution to them, right? Like it was Rutherford going, Hey, I got an idea. And like, it just, it felt really good. Like it felt like, wow, the Cerritos, like I'm a big believer in the Cerritos. And so it made sense why she, it kind of sort of made sense why she wouldn't leave. Right. Cause it, it, it was her journey too. You know, we, we, we on this podcast talk a lot about Freeman's desire to progress and, and that being a driving factor. But I think, what we saw was we saw a tremendous amount of growth. When I think about the episode where they didn't get into the party and how like th this season has been about growth for, um, for us being able to watch the senior staff, like the senior staff, when she left, we saw that they were really upset. Like that all had value and meaning. And so the payoff of her wanting to stay made sense. Right. Now all of a sudden she's been being accused of a crime she didn't commit is, you know, and I I gotta wait a year to find out and remember that she committed a crime. We'll see. Mm -hmm. I know there's gonna be so much we'll have to remember. I'm hoping we might get a little bit of overlap uh, between uh, 
maybe disco and um, lower decks towards the end of it, or perhaps we'll get it. We might even get it before Picard would be my guess. <laughs> no, that, you, that reminds me of maybe my favorite line of the whole episode. And that's when uh, Tiana, is that her name? Tiana. T- yeah. Yeah. The doctor, the doctor Tiana, when she tells um, Tendi that she's, she's recommending her for command and she goes like Jadzia Dax. And she's mm-hmm. like, who to bleep is that? That's hilarious. <laughs> she was like, like Spock. Um, that just felt very fun and tongue in cheek. Uh, when you think about it. like, a, it felt like a generational kind of commentary inside the Star Trek universe. Um, I, we have a very important question. I think we need to answer. Why do the dolphins got to wear wetsuits? <laughs> I mean, very important. They're also real, real. uh, I know we we get a fair amount of sexual innuendo in Lower Decks, which I think is just because it's it is from the minds of the same people as Rick and Morty. So everything's going to be it's going to have a light dusting of some dirty on top. And Mm -hmm. those dolphins are really into Rutherford. Yeah, they are. They're very much into Rutherford. And look, Liz, what can I say? Even in Star Trek, people wear pants. So I just. They put they put pants on the dolphins. It wasn't time for the them dolphins. to take the pants off the dolphins yet. That could get weird. I mean, they were definitely trying to undress Rutherford, which was just bizarre. Yeah, very interesting. Um, I mean, I want to. There's so much in this episode. I'm trying to figure out how we should tackle this. Maybe we can start with Tendi and Rutherford. I think we can okay. kind of talk about their arc a little bit, and then we can talk about Mariner and Boimler because I think they've both had some pretty large emotional journeys too. Um. But how relatable for Tendi to see that she's essentially thinks she's getting kicked out of medical, that she's going to get, you know, sort of deleted from the crew um, because she's not doing a good enough job because she's the ultimate people pleaser. And she has to come to this, um, you know, sort of tour day, everything she loves in the ship. Right. Um, And then. Rutherford at the same time has all of these memories. He's triple stored of Tendi because he doesn't want to ever forget her. And I was like, that is maybe the cutest thing I've ever heard ever. <laughs> and like seemingly pretty romantic for just friends. That's what I'm saying. I've been, I've been on. I'm trying to make it up as we go. Mm-hmm. Tenderford. 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 Tendiford, yes. Shipping I've been on Tenderford since day one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a fan. And so was it was it Tenderford who dated Jennifer? Is that who is that didn't he do that? Didn't he go on a date with her, like Jennifer? Yeah, he went on a date. No, with um I don't know if he dated Jennifer, but we gotta talk about Mariner and Jennifer because I have some theories. <laughs> I, it that whole situation was slightly confusing because on one hand she makes the comment about, I bet you dream about me with your butt. Um, and then on the other hand, they're talking about how cute Boimler is or Jennifer's talking about how cute Boimler is. So it just was all like, okay, this is make, make your prediction, your prediction, Mariah. I mean, I think we're going to see Jennifer pulled into the, to the, for in some interesting way maybe she goes on a date with mariner and goes on a date with boimler and it becomes a big conflict i think that would be very interesting i can see that um what 
I was also expecting to see the new recruit from uh, the Vulcan ship in this episode. They gave us nothing. There's a yeah. whole half a season that they have for us that just like they're sitting on. They they have set themselves up very pretty for season three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to be very interested to see see how that all goes. Um, it's also like pretty wild. Like I, I feel like we. Um, Sometimes, especially in older, like, 90s Trek, like, an episode was a few days, you know, typically of a mission. And this was all, like, one few hours of a mission, you know, for for this particular episode. It definitely has more of a 24 feel to it, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it's like, this is what happens in one day. Yeah. So, hopefully, I mean... They've set so much up for the next season, but I did want to talk about um, Boimler's arc over this season. Um, Since we saw him sort of miserably fail repeatedly over and over again in season one, this time he's really redeemed himself to the point where he almost drowns trying to save um, the ship. Essentially, he has to get that last panel off um, and does something I think we would have thought Mariner would have done typically and i wonder where that leaves for him to continue to grow next season well that's not the first time we've seen like this is almost getting to the point of you know each episode is going to be how boimler almost died this episode to save the crew because if we remember when they brought in the 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 drill training person Mm -hmm. and he was in doing the borg simulation over and over and over again in order to save the ship so that they wouldn't, I mean, like you're right. Season one, Boimler just kept failing. And in, and in this episode, we're seeing he he show up time and time again, or, um, you know, when he saved Tendi or, um, when I can't remember what happened where the evil computer, the evil computer, like it's all, it's always something. And so I think this, this season has definitely had a different arc for Boimler. Right. And we, we've seen him, really kind of step into his own since coming back from the Titan. Right. And I think what's interesting to me is that I looked at Boimler and Freeman very similar. So last season, Boimler was really just trying to get promoted. He was trying to get promoted. He was trying to get promoted. Well, then he got promoted and he realized that it wasn't all it cracked up to be. And now he, it's like, he's appreciating the Cerritos for what it is. And I think, Freeman has gone on a similar journey where she's been trying to get promoted, trying to get promoted, trying to get promoted. And at the end, she realized what she has and now she wants to stay and can't. Yeah. I, that, that's a really smart parallel. And it's, and it's nice to see though, that they still like at their core are still the same characters, right? Because we even opened this episode with Boimler making a captain Freeman day, uh, banner and everyone kept being like that's for children why are you doing yeah. a children's activity um which i appreciate that his butt kissing ways are not totally uh gone out of his system and then you know i i saw an interview with um tawny newsom sort of talking about how you know of course mariner doesn't want her mom to leave because part of the reason that she needs captain freeman around is like you need the people in Starfleet who do things by the book so that Mariner can do things not by the book. Mm-hmm. And also having, you know, I mean, it is her her mom after all. Yeah. It this has also been a fun episode because they take just a ton of shots at Picard over and over and over again from the because that's where Freeman Day comes from, like the Picard Day. And they're like, yeah, that's really just a made-up day for children 
Um, and so I thought that was funny. The shots that um, Sonya Gomez, Captain Sonya Gomez takes it being in, uh, intimidating. And even I thought there was a, a comment in there about, you know, we might get some captain with a writing crop. And I was thinking, is that another Picard joke? Was Did he have a writing crap? So it just, I thought it was hilarious. I was like, I mean, I almost want to go back and count how many shots did they take at Picard um, throughout this episode? <laughs> I mean, even and I'm when, here for it, by the way. I was here for it. Yeah. I feel like um, Mariner tries to compare herself to Kirk and Freeman mm-hmm. is just like, absolutely not. You are not a Kirk person because yeah. you still have, you just rely on anger more than like, gumption in a lot of ways and i mean it was nice to to watch them sort of encourage um mariner to be able to like have feelings throughout this whole season i feel like season one she just like would bury everything by being cool and being smart and um you know we we get to see her i think now sort of realize like that's not going to be enough for like building long-term relationships and friendships. Like you can only be the cool one for so long. And then you eventually have to be like, Oh no feelings. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, it looks like Karen is saying that the captain is captain styles from the Excelsior. Oh, that would make sense. Especially because I think um, the other ship in this is supposed to be a reference to the Excelsior, like a similar class ship. So the designs are fairly similar. So that would be an accurate um, uh, representation there. I also like um, what Sarah here had to say. Lower decks is the entire Cerritos. And I kind of, I I, I like that so much because you could even see when like Billups gets so mad that, you know, he's just like, we are just as good as any of those other ships, you know, like these Mm -hmm. are the folks who've been sort of relegated to second contact over and over and over again. And now, that I mean, oh my gosh, I've totally forgotten. The whole point of all of this was they were finally going to go make their first first contact. <laughs> this was like yes. the whole reason the ship goes through all of this because um, it's just so jam packed. Uh, but yeah, and I love you know at the end they get to get drunk and everything, and then we get the big twist, um, leaving us on the on the giant cliffhanger. Um, but yeah, I do think the whole um, crew has seemingly really come together in like seen even though they are constantly the underdogs they're underdogs that work together well yeah and i I think you know the twist is fun and partly because again if you're a patreon if you're a patreon member and you do the watch alongs with us you'll see this theme of mistaken identity the wrongful uh, accused comes up in track like every other week right I can't count the times that old Mr. Paris has been accused of something he did not do. Um, so it's not that surprising. It was like, oh, yeah, we are, we've are we been overdue for this. Um, and so, no, I think it, I think that was a good a good Star Trek twist. Like we're we're still in the universe at the realm of possibility. Um, but the way they executed it, it was just good enough that I didn't see it coming. Right. Like, I feel like in typical Trek lore, you see the mistaken identity coming or that becomes the whole episode. Right. It's the Starfleet officer on trial by another culture. Right. Mm -hmm. This felt different. And one, it's on trial. Like, this is more akin to like mistaken identity meets Wesley Crusher 
in the cadet crash uh, situation. So it, it'll be interesting to see. I'm just I'm still kind of annoyed because it was a really good episode. And I guess like a really good episode, it left me wanting more. It left me going, OK, when do I get the next installment? Yeah. How do you now that we've seen the full season, what do you what's like your rank? What are, what have been your top three episodes of the season? Oh, you're going to put me on the spot. Um, I have to go back and really look. So I think that's a great yeah. question. Um, I think I it- really enjoyed the. The embarrassment of duplers where they try to go to the party and then they all end up yeah. at the bar. I think that for me is definitely one that ranks pretty high for me. Um, Kayshawn, his eyes open is Nothing like the introduction that. for that is, is great. And then I think it might be this, this episode. I think those are maybe my, my top three. I think the whole season's really strong is like a whole and it's hard to, to take them apart. I do still have, um, some unresolved feelings around the use of the pack lids, but now it seems like they've had a very, I'm hoping this is, they've had a very interesting um, and like planned sabotagery happening to sort of maybe redeem the, the depiction of the characters, but. I'm, I'm looking at a couple stills from Alton episodes and I have to agree with you. Oh, and then I, I mean, I excretus the board. It's like, like they're all really good, but yeah, for me, yeah. I excretus Kayshawn, his eyes open. Um, first, first contact was good. Uh, an embarrassment of duplers was good. Like, there, there's some really solid moments. Um, I enjoyed this. I ha- I'm trying to think did, the question in my head right now is, did I enjoy this more than I enjoyed season one? And I, I gotta I, say yes. Yeah, I think I did. I mean, it's it's hard because they're also in they this the writers and and everyone involved. I think do such a great job of intertwining and like leaving us little breadcrumbs along the way. Like the fact that there are jokes from season one that pay off in season two, and like mm-hmm. I also think it's like. I mean, the other thing about this season was they obviously, I think, upped the animation budget because even this last, like, big battle, like, epic scene looked so good. The ships looked great. <laughs> yeah, they did. I mean, I not just the, the last scene, but especially on the second time that I watched it, that, like, the opening shot of the Cerritos and... Coming out of the dock, it's like classic yeah, like I, I, I'm movie looking track. at him and I'm just like, wow, like that was a great shot to see the two ships, and and I was I, like, it caught my attention for sure. Yeah, I think they it it looks great. I think um, I think it's just going to keep getting better and better, and I feel like we're going to just. I also find lower decks to be very rewatchable mm-hmm. because yes. there's so many layers of jokes. Well, it's also it's also short, right? Yeah. Like yeah. It, it's short. You're gonna laugh a little bit. Like I do find that the 30 minute sitcom, the comedy at least is it it, it lends itself to being able to rewatch a few times. Um, Michael L asks. He says, "Pod, I didn't get why the whole bridge crew freaked out when Keishawn asked, can 'Can't we just go around the debris f- field?'" 
It's because no time in Trek history has any ship ever gone around a debris field, right? Like that would be the logical, probably the easier solution, but it's way more dramatic to go through it. So no ship has ever gone around, has plotted a course around a debris field. Yeah. And I feel like they came up with some Star Trekky answer, like they always yeah. do whenever someone's like, why can't we do this very simple version? And they're like, because of the grav- external gravitational pull of this moon, you know, like something along those lines is usually what mm-hmm. happens there. But good question. Um Let's take a look at some other hot freaks here. We've got uh, Cheapy. My biggest hot freaks was that the visually stunning. Wow. The whole explosion sequence was chef's kiss. Highly agree. Agreed. 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 Um, Let's see. The moment that we see the Cerritos saved the Archimedes. I legit shed a tear. It was really nice. You're like, I, I thought they were also, I liked the, we would check back in with the crew of the Archimedes and we would see them also trying to quickly Star Trek solve their own problems as well. Mm-hmm. And like, even to the point where someone's like, oh, why don't you rest? We, we've been up for hours and it's like, well, we have seven hours left and I'll either rest for a very long time for a little time once that seven hour mark is up. Um, he was like, but in seven hours you'll be, oh, I see what you did there. I was like, Really? You're Starfleet officer. You caught that that quick. <laughs> but uh, no, there, there's there. I, I love the fact that they didn't just sit there. Like, to your point, Mariah, they were trying to Star Trek mm-hmm. solve their way out of it. Um, and then, yeah, in typical kind of fashion, they saved them at the very last moment with onlookers thinking like, oh, they're coming. Look at this. This is so cool. And not I'm about to get hit by a spaceship. Yep. Uh, Sarah says, I think I have enjoyed season two more because we get to see more of the senior crew. They were excellent. Love the arc of Beckett's relationship. Um, yeah, I like that we got to know more about our bridge crew. I mean, we got to learn a lot about, um, uh, oh my gosh, I just blanked. I know you're talking about though. The engineer. The engineer. Yes. Um, and now I've blanked. Thanks, Mariah. I, I'm sorry. I said his name earlier. Um, he's yes. voiced by Paul Shear. Yes. Um, um, I had it and then I lost it. Anyway, uh, it'll come to me when I'm not thinking about it. Well, but yeah, someone you know, in the podcast is going to make fun of us because they know it and we don't. So I know so, it'll um, come to my brain. Um, Billups, Billings. thank you. <laughs> Good Lord. Thank you, everyone. We see it. Billups, well, a Billups. lot of those. Yes. Billups, you can stop Billups, saying it. Billups. No. Billups. <laughs> We got it, Phillips. Thank you. I kept saying Phillips in my brain and I was like, it's not right. Um, anyway, so we got to learn a lot about him this season with his whole uh, kind of solo episode. So I wonder if we'll get those sort of peppered in going forward as well from from our other bridge crew members. Because I'm kind of interested. This sounds weird, but I'm a little interested in Ransom back, Ransom's I backstory. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Because he's he not was, from Hawaii. He's not from Hawaii, he's from the moon. And he was so emotionally like sad when he thought he was losing his captain and wasn't going to, you know, one, potentially be the new captain, but then, you know, also seemed really upset that she wasn't going to take him with her. Yeah, I I agree with with, uh, Sarah. It, It is, it's been a pleasure, a true treat that, when we look at the lower decks and, you know, it, it, the show has gone beyond just the four main kind of lower deckers, but we really do get to see, we, we, we see more of 
um, Freeman, which I'm excited about because Don Lewis is just mm-hmm. an incredible talent. Um, we get to see more. We get to see a different Ransom because I felt like in season one, we saw Ransom, but he was primarily just the joke, the jerk foil. Right. Mm-hmm. And now we, we, we see him as a much more three-dimensional character. We've seen um, Shax and kind of, you know, Shax is. is this- Shax and Tahana have a very interesting relationship. They do. <laughs> they absolutely do. Which I think in every Trek, you've got to have some bridge crew tension, mm-hmm. right? Chemistry. And I, it just in this case, it came from an unexpected place. But also, Shax's his whole backstory of you can't mention this or he's liable just to freak out at any moment is fascinating. So we saw that, like you said, Billups, we saw his backstory. We had an episode a little bit on Kayshawn. Um, like the fact that they've expanded and we know that we're getting new characters, right? Like to your point, we're getting Talyn. We get a... A, we're, we're probably going to get some more Jennifer. Like, I like that we're getting this expansion of this crew. It, it, I don't know, somehow that feels track. It feels like track because we're getting more characters. Yeah, there's some interesting stuff going on in the chat because um, Thomas Hill, I'm trying to find the thing, uh, posted, posed the question, what is up with, there it is, Rutherford's implants? And then uh, John chimed in with potentially section 31 and a half. I was just going to say that. That's what I was just going to say. It's, it's got to be section 31. It would be really, I'm, I'm interested to what, if like somehow poor Rutherford is secretly the spy for the Klingon packlets. And this has been an extra long game. <laughs> it, I think, I, look, I think that th- Lower Decks great tie-ins to everything, right? And so why not tie into the Section 31 show we're never going to get? So why I mean, not do ha- that? It would be so epic if we had Michelle Yeoh on as a guest voice. I mean, don't. Don't even play. Don't even play. Don't play. That would be amazing. Right? I mean, she can time travel wherever she wants. <laughs> For real. That would be, I would, man, that'd be amazing. It'd be really instantly fun. probably my best, my favorite episode. Oh, 100%. Anything with Michelle Yeoh would, uh, would instantaneously jump the ranks. <laughs> um, do you have any thoughts or predictions about what you think is going to happen to Freeman? Well, eventually she's going to end up back in the captain's seat, um, on the Cerritos. I think she'll be fine. Um, I would say, Again, I'm going in typical Star Trek fashion. She's going to be falsely accused, threaten the death penalty, and the Cerritos crew will lovingly and full-heartedly disobey orders to prove her innocence. And in doing so, expose the entire Klingon Packlet plot. I would say it's a pretty solid prediction. <laughs> I'm... I mean, I think we've seen that a couple times throughout the, mm-hmm. the seasons. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm, that's what I'm expecting, right? The question for me is, who saves the day, right? Mm. Is this a situation where it's like the expected, so it's like Riker saves the day, right? Is it a data that saves the day? 
or is it someone is this one of those wesley crusher episodes where it's someone like you know bill jennifer jennifer right <laughs> jennifer saves the day or ooh, okay it's coming to me now that is how talin becomes oh. an integral part of the 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 puzzle mm-hmm. right she endears herself to the crew because it's her logic that uncovers the plot and saves captain freeman yeah that would be an interesting way to bring all of that crew back together because potentially we could see the lower deckers from the vulcan ship and the klingon ship come together to solve this mystery Mm. and to free captain freeman yeah that would that would make sense because they came in scared off the klingons and the packlids Mm -hmm. yeah i'm into that i'm into that idea let's see all right, y'all. What other questions do you have for us? It is just Clyde Night tonight. We yeah, only had twenty five minutes of content to talk about. <laughs> Shupi mentioned earlier that uh, she liked Jennifer. She really liked Jennifer. I want to know why. Well, oh yeah. What, what do really you guys Jennifer. think about Jennifer? Tell us in the in the chat. Let's see. Stress Free K says, "I think Freeman will end up as a captain of a superior class ship and be allowed to bring along all her key upper and lower class from Cerritos." It's true. Like we've talked about, I think uh, maybe last week, the show isn't called the Cerritos, so we could t- actually follow our crew to any ship. It just has to follow our lower deckers. So, I'd be cool with that. Like, would you would you want them to be on a different ship other than the Cerritos? I mean. I don't know. The Cerritos has its charm, as they always say constantly over and over again. You know, um, John thinks, what if who set off the bomb on Packlet Planet ties it to who gave Rutherford the implant? Hmm, could nice. be very interesting. Uh, Thomas Hill prediction. The Packleds exploded the bomb themselves would be on brand. Um, pa, Jennifer's awesome because she's Lauren Lapkus. True. I also love Lauren Lapkus. She's a very funny um, improv comedian and actor. Uh, she's super, super fun. Um, Chippy, Jennifer's cool because she saved Mariner. She True. That's true. Oh, yeah. I totally Lauren forgot Lapkus, about that moment. Yeah. She's kind of amazing. She's funny. Mm-hmm. Sarah says, Pod, I think Jennifer can be a great addition to the Lurdex team, and she has great chemistry with Mariner. Agreed. Agreed, agreed. And both Jennifer and Billups saved crew members in space. That's true. They both, maybe, maybe they're our saviors. Hmm. The two side characters of both the like <laughs> lower decks and the bridge. Um, and Pod, I don't feel like we've met many friendly Andorians before. I guess so, especially after... We saw so many troublesome Andorians Mm-mm. in. Uh, don't, don't say it. <laughs> don't, we don't talk about that show. <laughs> no, no, no. We did see some troublesome on Enterprise. Mike's not yeah. here to sing, so that's. Ooh, if he was here, if he was here, it would say something like uh, Mike sings <laughs> Enterprise thing. Yes, there we go. There it is. He is here in spirit. <laughs> for the evening um i I like that though but i I like the fact that um because to me this is this is what star trek should be about is that 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 culture that was an enemy at one time is now a friend um i like that right so we can look at the klingons in you know early 
a TOS and Mm -hmm. say, okay, well now when we look at them, right. Or we look at them in discovery, the Klingons in early discovery were an enemy. And now in TNG, they're officers, right. And Voyager and, and um, deep space nine, they're, they're officers. So I like the fact that we're not saying that the bad guy has to be the bad guy. All the Yeah. I mean, even Tendi this season, you know, we got to see her in comparison to other um, uh, Orions. And so, you know, I think we, that is one of the nice things and constant themes in Trek is that, you know, you, you should judge folks on their individual actions rather than the, than the, maybe the reputation that Mm -hmm. comes before them. Right. Don't judge a book by its cover. We love it. Right. Um, I wanted to check in. Did you get a chance to watch the Discovery trailer from Comic-Con yet? I I want to say I did. Th- this is not, it didn't come out today, right? This came out. No, no, no. It came no. out like uh, late last week. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I did. I did watch it. And it was just enough that I got excited. Mm-hmm. But I also felt like I didn't get a whole lot. <laughs> so Yeah. I mean, the, the music composition was interesting to me. It's like way less classical. It felt very mm-hmm. like modern in some ways, which kind of excited me that we're getting a little bit of a thematic pivot. So that was interesting to me. No, I'm, I am. I was looking at my calendar. Um, and just going, okay, well, what's, what's my Thursday, my Thursday nights look like for the, re- the rest of the year. And so I went to, I think Paramount and started looking at Trek and was like, okay, so we're getting a prodigy into this month. That's not mm-hmm. bad. And then I looked over and it said, I think it's like November 18th or something for yeah, whatever that Discovery. Thursday is. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wait, so it's coming. Like we're talking about a month. Yeah. That like that is exciting, and I was starting to like clear out my calendar. And, okay, Thursdays are off limits because I think if we're being honest, there's some really interesting properties. But right now, the property, right, the one thing that holds us all together, it's kind of why our podcast is still named well, Star Trek <laughs> Discovery Pod. Yes, <laughs> because Discovery is just such on a different level than everything else that it's like. That's like I I'm, I get up and get excited for that. Lord X is cool. Picard is Picard, right? I'm excited for Prodigy, and there's some other things. I think that the potential for Strange New Worlds could be epic. Like there's some interesting things out there, but right now Discovery is. So the fact that that's coming soon is really exciting to me. Yeah, I'm I'm stoked all the way around. I think the updated costumes look really good. Mm-hmm. Um, they have the new colors that they've added to them, which I think is helping with their the overall design. I know that was a big critique we left last season with. Um, but yeah, I'm just excited. I got to know what happens between Anthony Rapp and <laughs> and um, Burnham. Burnham. I got to know. I got to know. Are we gonna I, Are we gonna fix this friendship? There's so many questions I have from last season, and I and I am really excited about it. If you had your choice, Mariah. Mm-hmm. Would you want Discovery to be a week-to-week show, or would you like it to, for them to release all the episodes at once? Oh, I mean, um, for podcasting purposes, I like when it's week-to-week. Um, yeah. it, it's helpful. Um, I think I and it's it's hard to say because I watched the first 
season in binge mode because I, I wasn't um, on the podcast yet. Uh, mm-hmm. And and so I watched that just on my own. And so like, it like it, you've been here from the beginning. I don't know what you're talking about. I wasn't here for season one. Um, I know. But yeah, that seems like a whole different world away, Mariah. Season one, we were in a studio. There was a lot. Season season one was a lot different. Like it was. Yeah. We've two studios ago. It's like a long two time. Two studios ago. ago, a whole pandemic ago. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so I watched that one in in binge mode, and it was really fun and like intense. But I definitely think week to week, I think I retain more information than I do in a binge mode because I think it's just like automatically replaced with whatever the latest episode I watched was. Um, but yeah, I agree. But if they did release it, that's a weekend gone. Cause I would just, I, I couldn't stop myself. Oh yeah. Like, there's no way. No, no way. I, like, um, I, I'm, I'm getting ready for it, but I'm already getting ready for the fact that when the thing about disco is when it ends, I'm disappointed every week. Like, I'm like, I just need a little bit more. Right. Where I can't say that about the other things. Like, it's not like I'm, if I'm honest, when I watch Lower Decks, I'm not going, oh, that was so good, but I needed Ex- 10 more minutes. Except for Except this for episode. This <laughs> Except for this week. Except for this week. Yeah. I'll be interested to know how Prodigy sort of stacks up with everything. It looks beautiful. Every, mm-hmm. every preview I've seen, all of the trailers, everything looks really great. I think the voice cast is really talented. So, um, I'm excited. I can't believe we all aren't here for the finale. We'll maybe have to to do a little something next week, perhaps, or maybe a little pre-recorded something. So that I we imagine have- we'll have to do a, a season and review recap or something. Mm-hmm. Thomas Hill, are you going to see Dune this week? I think it's coming out on HBO, so I will probably watch it at home. I am. But- I'm listening to the audio, the Audible book. Of Dune, and I'm. I think I've got like ten hours left, so I would really like to finish that before I watch it. So, so TBD, TBD, TBD. <laughs> but I'm. I'm have look being almost done with a book or three quarters of the way done with a book. Um, I love it, so I'm excited to see it. Nice. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've read that book, so I'm probably. I, I never got into it. I never got into it early. I don't even remember if I finished it. (laughs) Yeah, a buddy of mine tried to get me to watch the movie in the 1984 movie, and I just couldn't get into it at the time. I was like, what is all with the sand? I don't understand. Like, uh." um, and now I'm really interested. I'm really into it. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I would love to do a full crew recap. We'll try to get that on the books prior to Prodigy starting. Um, Yeah. And then we've got Prodigy for a few weeks and then we're going to have to double up and talk about Disco and Prodigy. How is that going to work? I don't know. We're going to, we already talk for over an hour usually during Disco time. So we'll have to figure out what it means. Um, But thank you all so much for joining us. We really appreciate your time. We're so glad we could have been here with y'all for a West Coast hangout, dinner time, hangout time uh, to talk about the finale of Lower Decks. They have already been renewed. They're already working on season three. So I'll be excited to see where this goes so we can finally finish this cliffhanger. Um, I do recommend everyone go check out the um, Ready Room. I thought it was a really fun interview. They interviewed the bridge crew for this one. Uh, They all have really great chemistry together and are very funny. 
Jerry O'Connell is just like ridiculous in, in human form, I think is the best way to describe him. Um, <laughs> and they have a special preview of Prodigy that um, introduces Murph, who is for sure the most adorable character we've ever introduced into the Star Trek universe. So nice. very excited. I, I think I won't, I don't want, I will watch it, but I don't want to see the Prodigy introduction. I I want to, I, I feel like I've seen enough of Prodigy. I'm going to go You're in blind. Ready. Okay. I'm ready. I want to go in, I want to go in blind and have a fresh start. At this point, I'm avoiding because I feel like too many times they're going to show me by the time I see all the clips and stuff, I will see half of the, the first episode and just be annoyed. <laughs> so, and it's out of order and out of context. I'm just going to wait. I get that. I get that. All right, y'all. Well, you know where to find us, StarTrekPod.co. We're on social media at Star Trek Pod. Um, join us over on the Patreon, especially in these couple of off weeks. There's still watch-alongs going on over there. That's patreon.com backslash Star Trek Pod. Um, Clyde, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Clyde Haynes. Um, you can also find me at www.keyandclyde.com. Um, yeah. And you can find me on the Slack channel for our Patreon subscribers. Subscribers, yes. yes. Um, I'm at Mariah Gossett on all platforms. It's Mariah with a Y and a Gossett with two S's and two T's. I'm also in and out of the Slack right now. I have a kind of crazy work schedule, but I try to pop in when I can. Um, but if not, we will see you all soon. Live long and prosper. Bye. Bye.